Hey there, it's Reagan with that Emerald Ray Life, healer, empath, and highly sensitive person. After tons of introspection, research, and pure grit, I have resiliently and intentionally started living fully by embracing my mysteries, limitless potential, and moxie. Unapologetically, I am putting a piece of myself into everything I choose. Join us weekly for unfiltered, eclectic, and high-energy conversations over the triumphs, tribulations, and the transformations of life. After years of dimming themselves down and accepting the status quo, my awesome guests are real folks who grew restless and unsatisfied from denying their natural talents, waning desires, and stifled dreams. You're not alone. Together, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty, create strategies to be more present, navigate through this roller coaster of life, and lead you on the journey toward your truth, joy, and soul's purpose. My friend, stop settling. The time is now. We'll get intentional and put our essence, creativity, heart, and soul into all we do. soul and some journal prompts to reach out to that inner child to write yourself a letter and share it if you'd like or keep it to yourself we'll discuss some toolbox to put in that metaphorical backpack to help you survive today and tomorrow, and even to get through some things from the past. Stay tuned to the end for more of the Steel Tongue Gum. Hello, happy Sunday. I hope you guys are enjoying. We have lovely weather here in Iowa, so that's a blessing. I need to get outside and let my dog run and put my feet on the ground and enjoy some nature here shortly. I just finished up an amazing call that I had with Asia Ophelia of the Girlfriend Manifesto. If you guys haven't checked her out, absolutely go to her Instagram She's over there on the Instagram, so check her out. She's a wealth of knowledge and just an amazing soul. You can just feel her vibe in all that she does. A very uh, prolific writer and creative, just, just a healer, an all-around great woman. So check her out. I'm in a course that she does. It's called the Society for Wild Hearts and I enjoy it tremendously. I learn so much with uh, with her prompts and we have a monthly group call which is usually a few of us but today I think with it being in the middle of Sunday afternoon people are probably out you know doing some spring cleaning in their home or out in the yard getting that garden ready, things like that. So it was just the two of us, which is a blessing. It was for me, and I believe for her as well. 
And I know with myself, you know, when I lead groups, sometimes it's hard to, to not get a little in my feelings and frustrated when I put time and effort and energy into putting something together and then only one or two people show up. But you know what? It's so important to realize that when that happens, that's exactly what was supposed to happen. So I think that it's sometimes hard to get out of our own heads in our own way and realize that. But I know that anytime that I've done that, I've done you know many things where I've led groups, whether it was an in-home party or a sister circle or you name it. And in the end, I'm like, everybody who was supposed to be here was here. So try to, um, to just go with the flow whenever something like that happens. I mean, she could have been like, you know what, Reagan, it's just you. So we'll have to meet next month when everybody shows up. But of course she didn't do that. She's a wise woman and we just went with it and I learned so much today. So one of the activities that we did was really cool. We, um, we were going to do a virtual show and tell, but for some reason, my, uh, my computer was really lagging. And so we didn't do the video. We just talked through it. And so I explained what I had created, which was, I recently found, what well, wasn't recent necessarily. I, when I go on walks, I take Raleigh on a walk. We always walk over to a park near my house and I toss the twigs and the sticks that I find and sometimes he'll bring it back and I'm like, oh, Rawls, don't, don't do that anymore. It's perfect. I need it for this craft or this activity. I've got an idea. So I just go on these walks and here I come with these big sticks sometimes and I know people are like, what the hell is this crazy woman doing with the, you know, carrying this stick? I mean, sometimes they're taller than me. And a while back I was helping a couple of my friends and we're doing some backyard cleanup, which I wish she had made a video of me arguing with a stick in the backyard. I didn't realize she was watching me so long and she got a kick out of my <laughs> fight with this stick that just was stuck and I cut myself and it was quite the production. But anyway, I found some, not petrified wood, but um, some old logs that had kind of rotted, but they were beautiful to me and I knew that I could create something with it. I've had this idea for making some fairy gardens for quite a while and I knew I wanted to cover it in moss, but I wasn't really sure how to do that. Well, I was on a walk with Raleigh and near my complex, I right by our pool are these bushes and along the bushes, I, I think it's because it's moist right there and I know people don't like the word moist, 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 moist. Why do you guys hate it? kind of like pussy. People have issues with these words, man. Just embrace them. They're, they're all good. Say it out loud a few times fast. You'll feel better. Anyway, I digress. Uh, so I saw this moss and I was able to just kind of get under that, that layer. You know, you go down about a good, you know, maybe centimeter, a centimeter and a half, and you can pull up part of that soil and, I carried the moss back again. I'm sure my neighbors are like, holy crap, here she comes carrying grass or whatever I had that day and some worms to add to my little garden. <laughs> so I took the moss and I covered it on that broken log and it's beautiful. So 
I've got my little uh, bird. I have a little birdhouse with a cardinal and another one that reads fairy crossing and a gnome. And then I have my give him a grouchy, which I don't know if you've seen, but they're adorable. And I used to always have it on my desk when one of us was having a bad day. We would, you know, just kind of set that on someone's cube. And at my old uh, place, that was needed uh, most every day for someone. So um, the beauty of a toxic office space. <clears throat> but you learn some coping tools for sure. Anyway, it's just a little clay piece and it's this silly face and it reminds me of the little fella that's hiding under the bridge in Billy Goat's Gruff but when you look at it you can't help but smile and so sometimes somebody might just set that on your desk and you're like you're right I am being a total bitch or you'd see your buddy sitting there struggling and you put it on there and you know it's it's inevitable there's going to be a little grin and a little sigh that comes out and they realize yeah you know what just uh don't sweat the small stuff so I've um, been working on that making this little fairy garden but I'm excited to watch this moss grow <clears throat> another thing that you can do if you're looking for some creative activities is if you find that what you can take is um, take some moss and buttermilk I'm going to try it with I don't know if it has to be milk, like actual dairy, but everything I Google says buttermilk. But you could, you know, I make my own buttermilk with a nut milk along with just a little splash of apple cider vinegar. So, but you blend that up and then you can use it as a paint. So you could put it on if you're wanting to, you know, cover some bricks or you've got cracks and you want to do that. The moss will grow in the cold and uh, it just needs some moisture basically. So not necessarily direct sun, <clears throat> excuse me, not direct sun, but, um, you know, a little bit of indirect sunlight and moisture and with that bacteria, it will get, get to grow in and I think it's beautiful. So I'm going to put that on, on my bricks outside in front or behind my raised beds where my garden will be. And then I've got more of these um, little fairy gardens I'm going to make. And even on some concrete blocks I have, I'm putting that. So to make it look a little prettier. But back to my twigs. So basically, as I am out around in nature, I find things. And you can always give back. My friend Kate of Healing Collections. And um, she's roommates with one of my best friends, Jordan, and, and his boyfriend, Brian. And they're always doing awesome activities as well and so I know they'll paint rocks and different things and then go give them as you know as a blessing and as a gift and as a thank you to show appreciation so if she you know may take some pine cones for instance from a tree she may go back and give back to that and that's always important so I've got to uh, get in that habit as well but um, just be mindful if you're taking something to give back, but I encourage you, you know, there's so much, I'm in Iowa and we've got, you know, so many native things to, to our state. So get out in nature and, and learn about it and utilize those things. For instance, for winter, for the, for winter solstice and my December sister circle, we always do the sister circle the last Monday of every month. And so, uh, I decorated with pine. I 
was over at the park near my home and the pine tree there there'll be tiny little twigs that break off with pine and I may decorate with that I may use some and light it to do some herbal smoke cleanses for my home I've got some of the pine soaking in oil to make an oil blend with that pine so there's so many things that you can do but I did I made wreaths with the pine cones and the pine and I had some fruit that was a little past um, what I wanted to eat and so I sliced it thinly some grapefruit and an orange and an apple sprinkled some cinnamon on it and I dehydrated it I it, it smells amazing it also looks beautiful I've added that to candles broken it up and put it in there but I've used it in my decor and just as an air freshener so stop with the chemicals just stop start to rely on yourself and our earth and you will be blessed so today we did our society of wild hearts call and I shared with her for our virtual show and tell I explained the uh, the frame it wasn't a frame so much but the um, photo holder that I created so what I did I took the two twigs and I braided some twine and I made a hanging picture display and I am so blessed to have amazing photos from my family and you know many whom I've known and many of my ancestors who came before me that I didn't have the privilege of meeting in person. So with them, I just talked to them now. My great-grandpa, Mart, I didn't know him. He passed away in 1970, so five years before I was born. My dad thinks of him every day, and he really was an amazing grandpa to my dad. I sure wish I had gotten to know him. I didn't get that opportunity, but it's okay. I can still talk to him. I can still ask him for advice. He was an amazing farmer, and he raised a family who was happy and was able to live off of the land and just live a slower and more peaceful life. A funny story about him, he was, um, I, you know, I definitely speak like an educated sailor, and <laughs> great-grandpa Mart he was a he was a Christian man, as was my great grandma Ella, his wife. He didn't he didn't swear, so Dad said instead of you know Grandpa wouldn't say shit, he'd say sugar, sugar, sugar. So I'm working on that, you know. I'm working on my what the forks and for fox sakes instead of dropping my f bombs all the time. I will not make any promises. You will probably hear some before this podcast is over, but uh, I know I can incorporate some of that. My best friend, she used to really try to not swear as well, and oh, she would come up with some some silly things. Uh, just, it's so funny to to use your creativity <laughs> to say other things instead of swear words. But I'm I'm a cusser, and uh, it is what it is. So just deal with it, I guess. But but I'll work on it. So that was the one thing I made. I hung these pictures and I did post it recently on the Instagrams so you can see it out there and I I really hope that you will take a look at it. Again, my my Instagram is is that emerald ray life. There is a period between each word so that dot emerald dot ray dot life. Ray is R A E. 
the reason it's R-A-E, my great-grandma, Elsie Ray, my, my maternal grandma, so my mom's mom's mom. She's my kindred spirit, and her name was Elsie Ray. So, and of course, my name is Reagan. My great-grandpa's middle name was um, Raymond. So there's a lot of Rays in the family, but I prefer it. The feminine spelling, R-A-E, my great grandma my dad's side my my dad's mom's mom her middle name was may m-a-e so i i prefer that spelling and that's why i went with that and of course my nickname ray ray so there is that <clears throat> but you can go over there and see it i posted it earlier this week i made it the other day i've got to admit i had a guilty pleasure i don't generally find myself watching stupid comedy or um things such as that but I gave in and I caught myself having a binge of uh, the Tiger King that Carol Bastion she's a piece of work she's the devil in disguise I'm pretty sure so I caught myself watching that and for whatever reason I'm like you know I can't I just cannot sit here and and watch this like that it's it's one thing to admit I watched it but it would have been a whole other thing if I just sat on you know my lazy butt on the couch and watched it god forbid that's just not how I get down and so I got up and I started making this photo display that I'd wanted to for so long and it was it was really it was fun and I was very pleased with it so what I did I took the two twigs they're they're a good Oh, they're probably, what would I say, maybe six inches around, you know, I mean, they're smaller than my wrist, but, and about maybe, oh, a foot and a half long, if that, maybe just over a foot, and from that I took the twine, I braided it, and did three long braids down to another twig that hangs at the bottom, and then I just took some old clothespins that I had found at my great-grandma's not my great-grandma, my grandma Franz, and I hung those old black and white pictures up, so it's lovely. I've got a picture of my grandma and grandpa, my dad's parents, and their their lo little lovebirds just staring into each other's eyes. My grandma's sitting there and just leaned back on her arm on a blanket and uh, looking over at my, gran my grandpa Dale, and then in the corner, who you really don't notice, is my great-grandma Ella, my my grandma Ingle, so my paternal, my dad's grandma. And she's just watching her son and her future daughter-in-law sit there. Grandma Ella was a quiet woman. She was my, my sugar, sugar, sugar grandpa's wife. And I couldn't even tell you what her voice was. I, I don't remember it, but I spent a significant amount of time with her. I would ride my bicycle over to her home. We lived out in the country, but Daddy would put my bike in the back of his, his uh, pickup truck. He had an old green and white truck, fast gym on the license plate, which is funny because I don't remember my dad driving overly fast, but that was his that was his vanity plate, that, and we have Engel, and we still have that forever. But he would put my banana seat bike in the back and take me to town. 
And we'd go to my Uncle Huddy's gas station. That's one of the pictures as well. I have very fond memories at Uncle Huddy's. His name was Harold. He was my Grandpa Dale's brother, Harold. And it's a picture of Grandpa Dale and my Uncle Huddy and his son, Bob. One of my dad's cousins. He's a few years older than dad. I, I didn't know Bob well. He passed away when I was young. But dad was very fond of him. They were probably, um, that was one of my dad's favorite cousins. Him and my, my dad's cousin Chuck was, was by far his, his partner in crime for a long time. Chuck died in a car wreck when I was in fifth grade. So he was a handsome man for sure. My goodness, I found an old army picture of him and he was, he was a looker. So Uncle Huddy, the reason that they call him Uncle Huddy, well, they don't call him Uncle, but I did. But Harold's name was Huddy. You know, you know that farmer wave, kind of do that little flick, flick of your wrist with your, your finger, your index finger to the air. You know, as you're driving down the country roads, you, you do that nice wave to everybody you see. And Huddy would do that. And every time he'd see someone, he'd say, Huddy, you know, instead of Howdy. We're a little country in our, our southeastern Iowa area. So Uncle Huddy said, howdy, like Huddy, and that just became his nickname. He was a nice man. So was his wife, Agnes. Well, she was a nice woman. I, I used to love to go to their gas station. He owned a Conoco gas station, and um, he was a mechanic. And I thought it was so cool to watch him. He'd go to the back, and people would come in. They needed their tire fixed, patched up, and he'd take that tire off fast as heck, toss it in that big thing of water, and watch for the bubbles. And I thought it was magic how he knew <clears throat> where that, that tire needed patched. I also thought it was amazing. In the back, a tree grew up through the, the roof somehow. And that was just really cool on that back side of that gas station. So Dad would go there or down to the old Ollie Inn Tavern. And I'd go ride my bike, or Daddy would be down. He had the Engel Brothers bulldozing and trucking, and they sponsored his softball team. Him and his brother Jack had that. And so they had black and gold, like a Hawkeye shirt, but uh, black and gold T-shirts, and they'd play softball over at the, the ball fields where the old Ollie LM, um, school used to be until they tore that down. And I'd just ride my bike around. But I'd go up and I'd visit my great-grandma Ella, and just show up at her house and hang out with her. But again, I can't remember her ever talking. She was just a quiet woman who didn't say too much. I'd go to church with her. I remember when I was four, I went with her to get our family, to get our pictures done. And she went and I went. And I sure didn't need my nails painted that day. I had chipped nail polish. I still remember that. And they did a book, the Ollie Baptist Church. It must have been, I don't know if it was a centennial anniversary. Gosh, I'm not for sure, but um, they did a book. I wish I could find it. I bet maybe my mom and dad have it. And they, they talked about each of the people in the book, but I was in there. I don't know where my mom and dad were. They didn't really go to church with me. They dropped me off a lot, but I thought my grandma was really cool. She was an older lady. She lived to be 97, but even... Um, you know, well into her late 80s, I would say even the early 90s, her early 90s, which would have been the early 90s, she was still driving this big old-fashioned long car, and I just thought she was just pretty badass. 
that she could still drive. I mean, she was driving in, you know, the metropolis of Ollie, so it wasn't like it was busy, but to me, that was a big deal that she got out there and drove. And funny story about Grandma Ella, she was married to my great-grandpa Mart, and Mart's, Mart had a brother named Leif, L-A-F-E. Leif married a lady named Susie. Well, Susie McWilliams was my grandma Ella Marie McWilliams' sister. So they were sisters, and they married brothers. And I always remember thinking when I was younger, boy, you know, I never met them. They were all, they were, all three of them except my great-grandma were gone before I was born. But I knew that um, that had happened, that the sisters had married brothers. And I thought, wow, if, if they had had kids... I wonder if they would have looked like Martin Ellis kids, you know, if my grandpa Dale and his siblings would have looked like his, his cousins. And he did have cousins. They had a boy and a girl. The little girl passed away, I believe, when she was three. And then they had a son. And I have found one picture of him. Um, he didn't seem to really look like my grandpa too much. Um... But I, I just thought that was interesting. I cannot remember how the kids died. I believe they were three and seven. But um, but yeah, they lost their their children at a, a very young age. I remember seeing pictures of Susie. I have pictures of um, Susie and Ella when they were young teen girls with their mom. And what's the mom's name? Maylie? I'll have to look that up. I think it was Maylie. But... Susie was always a bit somber and sad and melancholy. But now, you know, now that I know, she lost children. She lost her babies. And not just her babies, and not that I'm in any way, meaning the younger the child, the the less the loss. Goodness, no. But, um, I mean, she, she knew those kids. They were seven years old. And that's huge. So... They took a part of her, and it would have been interesting to see. Perhaps she would have smiled so much more in pictures. That being said, back then, though, folks were just more stoic in their, I mean, just in general, but definitely in their pictures. They just didn't smile like us. But I tell you who did smile in every picture, my Grandpa Dale. You never see a picture of Grandpa Dale without that ornery grin, and that grin I miss, you could my boys didn't know it, but I mean, they always saw his grandpa smoking his pipe, but they didn't know, you know, growing up the teeth that my grandpa smiled at me with, they were worn out on the side. Grandpa and dad and mine aren't, aren't near as long, but they're still longer. My, our front teeth are, are quite a bit longer than the teeth beside it. And, and those teeth on grandpa wore out. And so that middle tooth and the one next to it on one side where he held that pipe, you know, driving his tractor, driving his truck, out working in the machine shed. Grandpa always had that pipe and with his velvet tobacco. And he, his teeth wore out right there. Well, over the years, he ended up getting dentures. He went to Iowa City to the university and had some dentures made. Or maybe the VA. Maybe I made up Iowa City, but I feel like it was Iowa City. He came to the VA here for in Des Moines for his knee replacement. He was a, in the Navy. Anyway, he got those dentures, so his teeth, they didn't make him like his natural teeth, where they were more all, you know, all filed down one length, but that's just not how the Ingle teeth are, so they should have made him look more like his natural teeth. 
but yep, those that dang pipe sure wore wore out his teeth. But I do have a a picture of Grandpa in his navy navy uniform with his dad with great with great Grandpa Mart. Uh, I put up a picture of my grandpa on his John Deere tractor. I love that one. He was a bigger man then. I mean, he was he was a, a huskier. He wasn't overweight necessarily, but he was certainly not a, a lanky man. I mean, Ingalls just aren't made small, but of my grandpa's siblings, he was certainly the thickest, but I bet quite a bit of money that his wife was uh, the best cook of all of the the siblings' wives and of his sister, too. My grandma, Evelyn, man, she could cook. She didn't think so, but she could, and I, I appreciate that, and I believe that that's where I I got my ability to just create in the kitchen and um, you know just put a little essence of yourself into to everything but she was an amazing amazing cook for sure and her cakes were beautiful she was a cake decorator did over 300 cakes a year so I love to think about the memories my grandma created for so many people around that that area Keokuk County and birthdays anniversaries graduations you name it she was making that cake. I can remember the calendar she had on the wall that, you know, said every, you know, the date that was coming up and whose cake she would be making and what they suggested. And it was fun to watch the different trends that she, I don't know where she got her idea. Of course, this is before Pinterest. Boy, just think of the things she could have done if, if they had social media and get, she could have gotten different ideas. But, you know, grandma was making the naughty cakes before that was a thing. And, she made these silly, that was so gross, but grandma made these silly cakes with, um, she would just do a kind of an oval shaped cake, take out the center and, uh, you know, isn't turning, turning forties, just the shits, things like that. She did a monopoly board cake for people. My favorite cake she made me, oh goodness, I have so many, so many, um, my cabbage patch kid, Ziadonna. I got Ziadonna in fourth grade. So my grandma Fran was frugal as hell, didn't believe in toys. I don't know if I should share this because she would be so mad at me, but I've already started, so I'm going to go with it. I'm going to put it out there that I was the favorite. <laughs> grandma was frugal, and she didn't really give gifts. She didn't really, she didn't believe in toys. And I, I didn't grow up. I mean, I definitely had toys, but anyway, back in the eighties, 1984, you guys remember that. Um, I remember I've apologized already. I say guys. So we're going to, on this uh, podcast deal with guys is all inclusive. It's a term of endearment. So is dude. So go with it. <clears throat> there was a, you know, anytime a toy becomes the thing, it's harder than hell to get, like the Furby, which of course I didn't have, and that stupid Tickle Me Elmo, but back in my day, it was the Cabbage Patch Kid. Grandma, my grandpa had little side hustles, and he was a police officer, and then he retired, and then he did things like drove cars down to Kansas City. He might drive down and pick up a car with somebody, and then drive it back to Vaughn's Chevrolet, so he did that, and he also worked for the Union Bank, which is now U.S. Bank, but he would drive to the small little offices like Richland, Iowa, and, you know, different areas. And Grandpa Don would grab 
the money and take it back, which seems crazy. But anyway, he did that. (laughs) So he worked for the bank and grandma at the bank, they had a raffle and you could enter to win an opportunity to buy a Cabbage Patch Kid. So she won the opportunity and she got me a Zia Donna and Zia Donna. It was so cute because I I don't know if she did it on purpose. I'm going to go with yes, she did. But Zia Donna had green eyes like me and, um, you know, sandy blonde hair. She had some freckles. I'm not, not too freckled by any means. She had on a little pink polka dotted dress. And I think I'll name my next plant Zia Donna. So she bought me that and I got that gift for Christmas in 1984 and and I needed it. That was a tough Christmas. But just so my cousins know, I always got taken to the the room and was like, now, now Reggie Pusky, you know, I don't believe in giving Christmas gifts, but I wanted you to have this set of pajamas. I wanted you to have this cast iron skillet. Do you, is that too big? Do you like it that size? And then she'd slip me, you know, a little bit of money here and there and $2 bills. Of course, she gave us all $2 bills for each birthday, but she was always giving me, giving me stuff. And now Reggie Pusky, now Regina, you don't need to tell anybody, but I'm, I'm letting her secret out. So, but that meant a lot to me. So yeah, I got, I got Christmas pajamas every year, just so you Hoffmans know that I I did get that. So, um, anyway, I just think it's important to, to know your stories of your family. And if you don't, damn it, get on the phone, get, write a letter, do something when you can go visit your elderly, um, relatives that are still around and, ask them questions because if you don't get those stories, I mean, you're going to lose that. And that's so sad. I mean, I am blessed with families who have shared stories and have, um, you know, written, written down so many things. So I know a lot about my family and a lot about my lineage. And I'm, I'm a little sad because I, I want to know more, but sometimes what I'll do, I just, I, talk to them you know I'll ask even if I never met them I might ask like hey grandma Nancy that's that was my great grandma on my my grandpa my grandpa Dale's side that was his grandma I never asked him about his grandma you know maybe she made the best chocolate chip cookies who knows I'm pretty sure she died of tuberculosis at a not young but younger age she didn't live as long as most of my relatives but who knows you know maybe she read the best bedtime stories or I'm not, you know, you just don't know. Like my grandma, she could outfish any, any man, catfish kitty. They called my grandma Evelyn. You know, you need to know these stories. You need to know what was your dad's favorite dish. I know mine, my grandma. Oh my goodness. I do not eat meat, but I will eat some chicken and noodles. If she could come back and make me some golly, what I would do for, for her chicken and noodles. They weren't even fancy. I mean, she didn't season a ton, you know, just probably some salt and pepper. But man, she made her food with love, and that tastes so much different. And um, I know that that I'm able to do the same, and I'm thankful to her for that. There's so many days I want 
one of her recipes, but she wasn't a, she didn't write much down and she just, you know, it's love. I'm telling you that she, she was a great cook. Sorry, my dog is in the background snoring on my old Willis. He's, he's transitioning, I would say. He's, um, we're just kind of in hospice over here, loving each, loving him up. But yeah, during this time, you guys just get creative, do some things. And I know you're getting sick of hearing it and everybody's got anxious and all of that. And I've definitely created some things to help with that. If you're interested, I can put more of them out. I made a silly one, but it, it's fun and it is, it is soothing and fun and relaxing and realizes it just kind of takes the edge off. But I did a narration for my friends, uh, the, the Western Rattler versus the Roadrunner. And so in my National Geographic voice, I narrated what it's like to be that, that snake and to be so courageous and, you know, poisonous where people are scared of you yet. Um, you're just wise. And even though you've got some, some handicaps really against you, I mean, shit, the snake, the snake doesn't have legs, you guys, but man, they, they figure out how to, to survive. And they also know when it's time to just get the hell out of somewhere. Like if it's not serving you, if sitting right out in the middle of that desert or wherever, and that roadrunner is about to swoop down and get you because they're smart and they're fast and have legs that can go quickly. And man, get, find some, find shelter for a minute. Take that respite, take that break, get away, cool down in some grass somewhere. So uh, just knowing, you know, to, to have your guard up yet also sometimes just, just relax, lay on a hot rock in the sun and get warmer if you need to. So anyway, I did a silly one on that for my friends, but, um, but I was, I was very serious and I learned that from Lola Pickett. Like when, when life is freaking stressing you out, just there's so many different tools that I'm realizing that I have, and I'm trying to share those with people because you guys have your, your panties in a knot right now and, um, it's not going to serve you well. So just try very hard. I know it's much easier said than done, but to get away from that scarcity thinking and that your base mentality but yeah I you know I I sent some silly things to my friends and family like oh look at the look at the crazy human in the recliner in the corner stressing himself out watching the news shut off that news you crazy human get away from mainstream media it will do nothing you should stroke out if you don't stop you may and just giving silly advice like that, like, oh, look at the crazy humans hoarding toilet paper. But, um, but it does sound kind of flippant, but it's, it helps. So whenever you're going into that stress mode, just bring out your best National Geographic narrator and, and think of what if someone came down from far away and witnessed what was going on, you know, if an alien popped down, what would they say about us right now? So when you're in your house pacing around, freaking out, you know, of course, I've got different breathing exercises that you can do. One, I taught my friends um, something that if you just want something real quick and soothing, just take your fingers, thumb to index finger, middle finger, ring finger, index or pinky finger, and just go, you know, over and over and over with whatever you're needing to hear. So I'm safe. 
right here. I'm safe right here. I'm safe right here. Of course, breathing in slowly while you do that, and then even out slower. I'm safe right here. I'm safe right here. Things like that. Whatever you need to hear, do. Uh, so back to my call today with the society with Ophelia, um, I'm sorry, Asia Ophelia, the Society of Wild Hearts. She challenged us or me to, we each did a writing and she gave me some prompts and some options and I could write a permission letter or write a letter to my fear or enchantment. Uh, she wrote a beautiful, uh, prolific love letter to herself. It gave me chills. I, I wanted it. If I could ever receive a love letter like that, oh my God goodness I maybe would frame it it was so pretty and cool thing she did it on her pink typewriter which um, I'm a little envious of I was telling her my great-grandma Elsie was a writer she wrote a letter every day usually handwritten in her sloppy handwriting but she also had an old typewriter not even a plug-in one and I used to play on that I could I remember I created desks at both of my grandma's houses I at my grandma Hoffman's I she lived with my grandma Elsie. They grandma and grandpa uh, Hoffman did. So my grandma Fran lived with her mom for a bit while we lived upstairs, which was was pretty cool. We had a large home with two separate living quarters, and I'd go downstairs and I would type on that typewriter. But I just made my own little desk, and my grandma Evelyn's as she sat in the kitchen, hunched over her chair making her cakes. I sat next to the dishwasher with the box flipped up as my desk and I typed and I grandpa had a I actually have it somewhere I think it's in my dad's machine shed in storage but I would use his old-fashioned um why can't I think of what it's called but basically a calculator thing but it, it and uh dad said grandpa used to always sit down and do his taxes every year on that sucker but I would just sit there and type on that and pretend to answer the phone and use the keys or the buttons on grandma's dishwasher like it was a keyboard and or a switchboard. Anyway, I've always had an, an outgoing imagination and I uh, had to learn to entertain myself being an only child. And on the angle side, I was the first grandchild. So for seven years, it was my grandma and grandpa were stuck with this wild little talkative nosy little girl that went through all of their things and knew where every single thing in the house was and dug stuff out all the time. I drove them all crazy, both sides. <clears throat> so Aisha had me write a letter to myself, and, and while I did that, she played some soothing music in the background. So what I'm going to do for you guys, I want to challenge you guys to do that. I definitely think you should be writing every day. Uh, there's some different things you can do, like your morning notes, where you write first thing in the morning and just kind of free flip flow right. I use 750 words to type out every day. It's a really cool website. I love it. It's it. If you're a nerd like me and like stats and things, it keeps track. It lets you know how quickly you typed. It lets you know how, um, what you were feeling, whether you're melancholy or nostalgic or excited or self-centered, you name it. I've clearly heard all of those. It rates it, whether it's PG-13 or rated R. With my swear words, I'm, I'm definitely usually for a mature audience. Um, so all of those things that let you know um, how many times you paused, that's the one time I'm really able to just focus. Uh, 
so I can, you know, get my 750 words, which is equivalent to about three pages typed out within, you know, 14 to 15 minutes generally. So today I typed and I did my letter to myself, giving myself permission. Aisha, Aisha also asked, you know, what, what's an adjective to describe yourself? Like use your first letter of your first name. And so I thought of three while she was thinking of hers. The the first one that came to me was resilient. Um, I think, you know, life definitely waxes and wanes and I generally land on my feet. I, I fall down for sure, but I generally get back up and some days and it takes a little longer, but resiliency is um, something that I am very fortunate to have. I absolutely have an ex, I'm sorry, an internal locus of control. So I'm, I own my own shit and I realized that while some things may have happened to me that were not my doing and were not my fault and I did not deserve those, I still own my reaction to however, uh, to whatever came my way. And um, I'm very thankful for that. I, I do struggle with people who have more of an external locus of control. And I, I always, when I think of that, I think of, why, why can't I? Victor Frankel. Uh, I encourage you to do, read some of his, his writings. And I mean, he, he was a Holocaust survivor and he was able to, you know, to be in those concentration camps and to still come out of it on top with that resiliency and with that appreciation for life and for struggles even. I mean, of course, I'm sure he wished that that had not happened to him and clearly had not happened that he lost most of his family. But he still learned from that. He could have came out of it jaded and angry and sad and depressed and he came out of it on top and he was able to change lives. And he's still changing lives and he left a legacy and that is so beautiful. So definitely, why can't I think of it? It's night of something. Um... I know I read it in undergrad and I am sad because I must have given it away. I've been, I was looking for the book on my bookshelf the other day and I don't have it. So I wrote, I picked the word resilient, but um, I guess if I had to pick a few more R adjectives, obviously I'm random, random Reagan. That's kind of been a nickname for a lot of times. Rambling uh, and rebel. I'm a bit of a, a rebel. My rebel is a uh, rebel Ruby though. She's my, She's my superhero who comes into play when, when I need a, you know, I'm not a Beyonce fan, but I got to give it to her. She's clearly successful and stuff, but she's got her Sasha Fierce, so that's kind of that alter ego. So mine's Rebel Reagan, and she stands like Wonder Woman with her with her hands on her hips and wears red. But so those would be mine, and red even. I get called red a lot. So... I'm going to read this to you, and then I um, would encourage you to write yourself some letters. One other thing that we talked about, she's um, Aisha, of, uh, the girl from Manifesto. She's been doing a lot with Sark, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sark. My friend Tiffany got me onto her years ago, probably about 15 years ago, and uh, I've got many of her books. Um, 
the succulent wild woman oh goodness I don't even know what all I have the fabulous friendship festival I get a lot of ideas from there for my sister circle that was one where years ago we had our TGIF our thank goodness I'm female group and I believe they still have it I'm just kind of gone on my own way and have my own little groups going now but we did letters to each other like dear my dear friend Reagan in you I see and I feel and I admire and these things and it's it's so amazing to hear the stories I still have those letters and I reread them from time to time but um, it's important to write a letter you know reach out to that inner child if that's what you need to like let that little girl know like hey I'm here for you I will never let you down and I will protect you and you can go play and you can go run in the grass and read books and do the things that little girls should do and I will never let you down you know write those letters to yourself but I'm going to read you my permission letter and while I do that I'll go ahead and um, play my steel tongue drum for you as well and think about what you might say to yourself so this is what we just did. I think we had like seven or eight minutes to write. So um, I apologize if there are typos and, and such in it. One moment here. All right. So I'm going to read this. It's rather personal, but that's okay. I think life's about vulnerability. And I know for myself, I can't move forward and be my best self without being vulnerable and authentic. And I cannot lead you on your journey to do that without sharing bits of myself. Resilient Reagan. You are stronger and more talented than you realize and give yourself credit. You, my dear, are sitting on a gold mine of love, ideas, talent, drive, innovation, resilience, creativity, energy, experience, and knowledge. Not only your knowledge, but that of your family and all of the hardworking, intelligent ancestors who came before you. I give you permission to call them by name, speak to them out loud, share their stories and memories. Ask them for their guidance. Resilient Reagan, you come from long lines of survivors. Grit is in your genes. Resilient Reagan, I give you permission to thrive and I give you permission to fail. I give you permission to fall down and to get back up when you are ready. I give you permission to feel all of the feelings from all that has come before today, from you and from your lineage and all that that entails. I implore you to use those feelings and add that essence and energy to all that you do. I give you permission to let go of any guilt and shame 
that you or your ancestors may carry. Those chapters have added to the amazing story of you. You, Resilient Reagan, have, can, and will do amazing things. I'm giving you permission to feel all of the feelings and utilize that intense sensitivity and perception as they are your gifts. You are uniquely gifted, and this has led you to survival. I give you permission to get out of your own way. I give you permission to not settle for mediocre unless that feels okay. Because I give you permission to not be perfect, to not be in first place. I give you permission to just be. Just be you. You are wonderful and you are amazing as you are. I give you permission to shine brightly, to continue to be your eclectic, eccentric, and unapologetic self. Resilient Reagan, you are not too much. You are exactly what and who you should be. You make me proud. You make your parents proud. You make your boys proud. You make your friends proud. You make your dogs proud. You make your ancestors proud. They are relieved and they are excited that they created you to take on the things that they weren't brave and confident enough to handle. Resilient Reagan, you touch and change lives just by being you. You are an inspiration to all. Each person, animal, and thing that you touch is never, ever quite the same once they have had the pleasure of your encounter. Most importantly, Resilient Reagan, I give you permission to go at your own pace. I give you permission to not take on the weight of the world on your shoulders and to choose wisely what is your cross to bear. I give you permission to pause, to find solace in the respite to recharge and recenter and to reevaluate. I give you permission to change direction.
you navigate this ship. I love you and I give you permission to love yourself and to love your life as you are exactly who and where you should be. Love always. Me. So there you go. You're resilient too. I give you permission to be yourself, to shine brightly, to stand tall, to never be small. Now go make it a great day. Thank you so much for listening. It means more to me than you realize. And my goal is to always help others, and I feel that most everything that I share, it can change someone's life. It can touch their life in a way. So I appreciate you, and I definitely appreciate when you show your support. And the best way that you can do that is to share this with your friends and family and share it on your social media And encourage people to tune in. I know that by doing that, this is going to reach the person that it's supposed to. And good things will come to all of us.